1: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: ES Audio.
3: From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader been a decade since the marriage same-sex couples act received royal assent for england and wales it came seven years after civil partnerships were legalized but how much has actually changed since then last month the church of england announced it's working towards drafting pastoral guidance needed to allow gay couples to receive blessings from priests later in the show we'll also hear from the charity humanists uk who say they've been frozen out of laws to formalize many couples partnerships with legal benefits that are allowed in Scotland and Northern Ireland, such as next-of-kin status. According to the latest census, there were about 402,000 people in legally formalised gay relationships, that's same-sex marriages or civil partnerships, in 2021 across England and Wales. First, we're joined by Louise Calvey, who this year celebrates the 12th anniversary of her civil partnership to her wife. She's also an independent refugee and asylum specialist and director of Safer Foundations.
2: Around 2008, I met now my wife. And I still wasn't out to my family because I knew that would be really difficult. But we fell in love. We wanted to live together. And so I needed to tell my family that I was gay. That went quite badly, if I'm being honest. It was really difficult to do that because my parents were lovely people. They were very kind, wonderful parents. But they had grown up in an environment where... Being gay was ungodly. It was sinful. And so, yeah, that conversation was very difficult. We moved in together, and the relationship continued to be really difficult with my parents. And so in around 2011, we decided to get a civil partnership. Why did you want a civil partnership? In 2011, civil partnership was the only thing that you could do. And the reason we wanted a civil partnership, it wasn't necessarily romantic reasons. It was because of that tension with my family. And I wanted to know that in the event of anything happening to me, my partner would be respected by my family that she would be the one that got to make you know, the decisions around me. I, w- I wanted her acknowledged as my next of kin, essentially. I think had marriage been available to us, we probably would have married. Although at that time, I was really wrestling with my own faith in Christianity, having grown up in a In a very, as I said, in in an environment that the church told you consistently that you were sinful. So I, I was sort of really wrestling with that myself anyway. And so I felt quite comfortable with the civil partnership at that stage. I felt it was the most romantic thing in the world to do. It was very contractual, I guess. My partner felt slightly less comfortable with it. I remember having a conversation with her at the time where she said, oh, you know, is, is this just their way of registering people that are LGBT, that are queer?
3: What's your view on how civil partnerships and same-sex marriage have helped society to evolve
2: You'll remember that straight people weren't allowed civil partnerships. It it was specifically it was specifically designed for gay people as as an appeasement, I think, as a as a concession to gay people that, that you know, but still we weren't allowed any of that sort of I guess that romanticism of marriage that you would you would have growing up. So I think you know, fast forward now. If I go to a friend's wedding, I was at a friend's wedding a little while ago, and you see that wonderful celebration of of a relationship. And it's wonderful seeing that queer celebration. And you look at younger people around in and around those weddings, and you think, if I had seen that sort of wedding growing up, if I could have seen that level of acceptance growing up, I think that would have saved me a lot of difficulty. A lot of, I think, self-hatred and wrestling with your sexuality.
3: What was the significance of the 2013 Act?
2: The Act 10 years ago was actually so much more significant than just allowing gay people to have a full marriage. For me, it was symbolic. It was about gay people and, and queer relationships no longer being tied to that Perception of ungodliness, of sinful behavior. It was, you know, obviously the legal protections, you know, people that have rights now around medical and health treatment, you know, the legal and financial, um, rights and, and immigration rights, you know, spousal visas, all, all of those sorts of things. But it was. It propelled queer relationships, I think, into that perception of acceptability. It wasn't any more, you know, somehow subversive to be in a gay relationship. So I think it was was significant in terms of that mainstream acceptance.
3: What's been some of the everyday securities it's given you?
2: It has been incredibly important from that perspective. My nightmare was always, you know, something happening to me and my wife not having a say in things like medical treatment, not being acknowledged as my next kin. And I, you know, remember examples of before civil partnerships. I remember examples of gay couples not having their partners acknowledged uh, through illnesses and, and final wishes not being acknowledged as as next of kin. And and I think that equal marriage had a massive impact on that. It really can't be understated. You know, that sense of knowing that your partner's going to be respected should the worst happen. So certainly from from that sort of legal protection perspective and and medical and health issues. But I think more broadly around things like just booking a hotel day in, you know, the, the sort of mundane things day in, day out. You know, still to this day, you know, I'll be asked, about my husband or, you know, when you ring for a mortgage, will your husband be on the call or you ring for a, a booking anywhere? And, and, you know, it's assumed a Mr. and Mrs. But now you can just say, no, my wife or, you know, no, my civil partner and, and people will understand and it is accepted. But, but I think overall the running of your life, the day to day sort of mundanities of life are so much easier since passing of equal marriage. I think as a a society, we've become, in our life, in our day-to-day, a lot more accepting since the validity that was offered queer relationships through the Equal Marriage Act.
3: Let's go to the ads coming up. Why humanists are calling for marriage law reform and have to pay twice to tie the knot. Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating?
1: wherever you get your podcasts thanks for listening welcome back
3: now continuing to mark a decade since the marriage same-sex couples act we're joined by richie thompson who's director of public affairs and policy at humanists uk
0: this anniversary is really significant to us for two reasons one is that it's really significant for same-sex couples and we campaigned very hard in favour of the law changing to enable same-sex marriages our celebrants have been performing same-sex weddings possibly back even before the decriminalisation of homosexuality and it's something we long pushed for and we helped found the coalition for equal marriage which was the big pro-same-sex marriage coalition at the time so we were very pleased when the act passed and that was a lot of hard work paying off so that's the first thing the second thing though which makes the anniversary slightly more bittersweet is that the Act also has in it a section uh, that gives the government the power to bring about legal recognition of humanist marriages. And unfortunately, in the decades since then, it hasn't chosen to use that power. Instead, it's reviewed the matter three times um, and is yet to respond to the third of those consultations. And that's been hugely frustrating and has left thousands and thousands of humanist couples waiting for that change in the law that still hasn't quite come.
3: So what is a humanist wedding?
0: So a humanist wedding is a wedding conducted by a humanist celebrant, who is someone who shares the non-religious beliefs of the couple getting married, and they spend a long time getting to know the couple in order to produce a fully bespoke script unique just to that one couple that reflects them and their family and their beliefs and values and that happens in whatever location is most meaningful to that couple so it's different in that it's non-religious and it's much more customised to reflect who the couple are and obviously civil marriages are great lots of people um, have civil marriages obviously the dominant form of marriage and many couples are very happy to have civil marriages but for couples who want something that reflects their non-religious beliefs that's where humanist marriages come in
3: so you're suggesting there's a clause in this tension year old act that could help humanist couples but the government's not acting on
0: yes that's completely right so section 14 of the act gives the government the power to legally recognize humanist marriages and in order for the government to enact that clause it just has to lay it before parliament it could do it tomorrow and we are calling and have been calling for some time for the government to do precisely that
3: what's your view on why this area of marriage reform's just not been undertaken yet
0: That's a very difficult question. On one level, the practical answer is that they've done a series of three consultations that have gradually grown in scope from firstly, one specifically just on humanist marriages that returned 95% in favour of the change of the law back in 2014, to growing to gradually do a uh, review of marriage law as a whole, um, which ran from 2018 to last year, and is looking at a whole new marriage law that would just change everything from top to bottom. And the government says it's gone on that journey because it wants to engage in wholesale rather than piecemeal marriage law reform, so that that way it can also deal with various inconsistencies in the law around things like venues but the facts of the matter is that while they've been doing that they've been engaged in all sorts of a piecemeal marriage reforms so we're not very satisfied with that explanation um, and we think that they should just do it and get humanist marriages underway even if they decide to do some more substantial marriage reform down the line
3: finally what sort of demand are you seeing for humanist ceremonies
0: the demand for our ceremonies has definitely grown. So for weddings, the number of weddings we do has gone up fourfold over the last decade. That's obviously a really substantial increase. The number of funerals um, and namings has also grown, but they don't have legal recognition attached to them. So there are no problems there in the same way but the demand for humanist marriages has grown even faster in scotland and northern ireland where they have already got legal recognition and, and in both cases long so so it's really clear that the demand for humanist weddings in england and wales is significantly suppressed by the fact that you also have to have that civil marriage in order to get legal recognition and you know pay for the whole thing twice and go through all the hassle of organizing it all twice
3: There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's the leader. We're back on Tuesday at 4pm.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,